You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to site now. We've got everything you need to know coming out of Week 6 Sunday games. Looking ahead already to Week 7, including my power rankings there uh, with the results in mind. We still have a couple more games to uh, finish the week here, and they definitely have a lot of fantasy football implications, the Chiefs and Bills and Cardinals at Cowboys. So another Monday night doubleheader. So we'll break down those games and uh, turn our attention to the waiver wire ahead of week seven for tomorrow. But it's Monday. That means we start the week of Lockdown Fantasy Football with another edition of Roundup Monday, where we give you all the important fantasy football takeaways from the games of Sunday. We had a Action-packed day, 11 games there for you, uh, four teams on by, four teams playing on Monday. So we'll break down all those for you, everything we saw. So a little bit of expanded edition as we do to kick off the week here in Lockdown Fantasy Football. Before we look at those takeaways, i got to tell you that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch the season. Pepsi is a refreshment. You need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. You got to have uh, your Pepsi by your side here to power you through game watching on Sundays for sure. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. All right, some uh, interesting results for sure here. Some uh, good, bad, and uh, definitely ugly out there. Let's start with the ugly, shall we? It's the Patriots losing to the Broncos at home 18-12. to There's really not much going on here for the Patriots. I mean, Cam Newton throws for 157, but two interceptions. Uh, Salvage day a little bit with 76 yards rushing and a touchdown, but still... Not anything at a high level of uh, fantasy play here against the Broncos team at home. Coming off the COVID-19 game he missed against the Chiefs in the bye week. The Patriots were just out of sync in this game. And James White was really uh, the only viable receiver here. Caught eight balls for 65, so he was okay in a PPR for you. But Demir Bird, uh, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, these guys combined. Harry was actually blanked in this game. They had a combined 12 targets. They only caught 5 for 46. So, really ugly. The Broncos' pass defense is vulnerable. We knew the run defense was pretty tough. They did have some success, but that was all Newton. It was not Damian Harris or the rest of this team. So, it's uh, very concerning and frustrating. This offensive line didn't play well. They had another injury. The receivers are not getting open. So, right now, I think you just have to be off the Patriots here. They are playing the 49ers this week, a team, we'll talk about them later, that has a lot of defensive injuries, but starting to get healthier, looking better on that side of the ball, so really hard to trust any of the Patriots skill players and Newton going forward uh, there uh, until we see a little bit more. It's just hard to read this team. 
it's kind of a wide receiver by committee, backfield by committee, even without Sonny Michelle. So, again, extremely frustrating uh, situation with the Patriots and fantasy right now. In reality, they can't be thrilled either as they're 2-3 and three with this offensive struggling again. Now, let's look into the Broncos. It wasn't great for them, but the story here was Philip Lindsay fills in for Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon had the DUI early in the week. Then uh, there was an illness that popped up. He had strep throat, so eventually he was scratched for this game anyway. Lindsay, I mean, he's been waiting for this opportunity. He ran motivated here. 23 carries, 101 yards. It was a pretty empty day. Otherwise, he got the 10 points, but he was not uh, involved in the passing game, so didn't get a touchdown. So solid game from Lindsay if you needed to replace Gordon here, but nothing spectacular there, especially in uh, PPR. When you look at uh, Tim Patrick, he led the team in receiving here. Jerry Judy, tough matchup for him. Four for 101 and eight targets for Tim Patrick. So regardless of who's the quarterback, we've seen it with Brett Rippon. We've seen it with Drew Locke. He's a guy that they're going to look to a lot with Cortland Sutton gone on the outside. In this game, also Noah Fant was ruled out. There was a chance he was going to play with the ankle injury. And uh, Albert Ukuganem play, the rookie, was kind of a plugged in his place there. Looked pretty good with two catches for 45. But Tim Patrick looks like a guy that should be on in every league with the lock back. And really looking at him often here, even more so than Judy in this uh, Broncos passing game. The next game we'll talk about here is the... Steelers and Browns. Uh, this is a one-sided affair. The Steelers uh, all over the Browns. Disappointing game in the fact that uh, Ben Roethlisberger, we thought he was going to go off, but he didn't have to. There was no resistance on the other side. So 162-1 and for him. They get three rushing touchdowns. One from James Conner, 21-1. Benny Snell steals one late when the game was out of hand. Only six carries for 17. Chase Claypool gets into the end zone again. Uh, with uh, a rushing touchdown. He also had four catches for 74 here. So leads the team again in receiving. And with uh, Deontay Johnson with the back injury ruled out. James Washington gets in the end zone. Four for 68. That means Eric Ebron and Juju Smith-Schuster did nothing. They had to combine eight targets. They had to combine four catches for 15 yards. So very concerning that they didn't use the middle of the field in a matchup screaming for that with Juju and Eric Ebron. So... This is concerning because it's a real committee approach here to a they're involving people. Eight guys targeted in the passing game. You had uh, three backs touch it as well as Claypool in the running game. So, yeah, this game was just too easy for the Steelers against the Browns, and uh, that made it too hard to trust in the passing game. So, unfortunately, it was Washington Claypool that got in, not Smith-Schuster and Ebron. So definitely concerned with Smith-Schuster as they spread the ball around. He's had the one big game, lit up the Giants in week one, but otherwise it's been very quiet for Smith-Schuster. They're playing the Titans, so it should be a higher scoring affair next week. Uh, two undefeated teams there, and uh, it should be a lot of fun and uh, should create juju. But you figured with, uh, with Johnson out, he would be recipient, but it looks like this is pivoting more to Chase Claypool being the go-to all-around guy for the Steelers. Now let's look at the Browns side of things here. It was not good for the Browns at all. We knew they were going to hit a wall if they could shut down uh, the running game, and the Steelers did that. Kareem Hunt, 13 carries, 40 yards. He did uh, salvage the day a bit with uh, two catches for 17, but Kareem Hunt's worst day by far this season. Uh, We said we kind of liked Austin Hooper as the only thing that might do anything. Here, and he did. Uh, they gave him the middle field, five catches, 52 on six targets. But 
pretty ugly. Minka Fitzpatrick had a pick six here. Two picks of Mayfield, four sacks. He had to be benched. He did come into the game with a ribs injury, so they were a little bit concerned he would get battered by this pass rush after the game was out of hand and he didn't play well. So Hooper comes through as the leading receiver, but nothing special there without a touchdown. Jarvis Landry only three for 40. We didn't like him going in. Odell Beckham Jr. only two for 25 on four targets. So just an all-around beatdown. The touchdown even didn't go to these guys in garbage and went to Rashard Higgins on his only catch of the game. So Browns, again, very running-dependent team. The run opens the door up for the play-action passing game, the downfield throws. If not, it's going to be a lot of security blanket with Cooper and Landry here. So and they'll have better days, but definitely Baker – in these type of matchups, harder matchups is hard to trust because there's a chain reaction if the run gets stopped for Cleveland. So there's two games there. We'll get to one more here before we uh, take our first break. The Bengals and Colts were involved in a higher scoring game than we expected. The Bengals just uh, went up big here early, scored the first 14 points in the first quarter. They looked like they were rolling, but... Here come the Colts. They stormed back. They scored uh, three touchdowns there in the second quarter to make it a field goal game. Then they scored uh, the 10 points in the fourth quarter to win the game here. So Phillip Rivers finally does something and wakes up 371-3 and three at home against his bad Bengals defense. Jonathan Taylor, uh, nice combined day, 16 touches, 115 yards. Didn't get in the end zone. Trey Burton, however... Uh, Plugged in for Moali Cox. He's now the go-to guy tied in. He had a rushing touchdown lined up in the backfield in the Wildcat and scored. He also had four catches, 58 on five targets and scored. So, yeah, it seamlessly went from Moali Cox to Burton being the go-to guy here for Philip Rivers. Zach Paschal, randomly now, gets back in the mix with four for 54 and a touchdown, three for 29 and a score for Jack Doyle. He did lose a fumble early in the game, so keep that in mind. So, they're using the tight ends. Again, this is a team that's targeting a lot of people. Nine players. You got two tight ends in the mix, even without uh, Ali Cox, Taylor getting passes. Uh, the key was here that Naeem Hines, Jordan Wilkins was banged up here. So Hines, only a limited role in the passing game. They expanded that for Taylor, which is a good sign for him going forward. Marcus Johnson, we'll have to see. It's a different receiver every week. Five catches, one away, but T.Y. Hill only one catch, 11 yards on five targets. So really it's by committee passing game here based on the matchups. You don't know who's going to get done. Looks like Trey Burton is certainly going to be a thing here with the tight end landscape really hurting. And no Ollie Cox here with Indianapolis. You can look there, but Rivers, I think, is an anomaly. You're going to get not games like this from him very often. The Colts' defense is pretty good. They had some lapses early and uh, had to make up for it here on the offensive side. So they want to grind games out of the running game, but the best takeaway here is that Burton is involved as a tight end, and uh, Taylor is going to be involved as a receiver. Now on their side, Joe Burrow, 313 passing yards, but an interception, no touchdowns here. Joe Mixon looked good running in. Uh, Burrow had a rushing touchdown as well and a sneak. Gio Bernard had a touchdown as well rushing, so three rushing touchdowns for the Bengals. Hello, A.J. Green. He showed up. Uh, he had a hamstring injury. This is when we didn't think he was going to do much. But team high, 11 targets, catches 8 for 96. But T. Higgins still looked better. The rookie from Clemson, 6 for 125 on 8. Tyler Boyd, quiet as Higgins emerges. Green does something. They're using more backs in the passing game. 5 for 54 on 8 targets for Boyd. But 
tough matchup. Burrow tried to make it work, didn't get any touchdowns, but encouraging sign that he played pretty well, minus that one mistake here against the uh, Colts. And uh, again, Mixon getting it done as this offense opens up a little bit more. Boyd did have a rush there for 25 yards, which helped his uh, value in this one. So again, Burrow really making these guys relevant, but I still think it's Boyd and Higgins that I'm looking at in the passing game. And he, despite Bernard scoring, it's still mixing to me all the way in this backfield. All right, there you have a look at uh, three of the games from uh, Sunday's Week 6 NFL action, the most important fantasy football takeaways there for you. We still have to uh, talk about eight more on the show. We'll do that. But first, I've got to tell you about Roman. It can be awkward and embarrassing to talk about erectile dysfunction. Usually we brush it off or blame ourselves, but Roman is here to get you the advice you want and the help you need with no shame. How often do you use excuses like, I had a long day at work, or I'm just not feeling it? It isn't easy to talk about erectile dysfunction, but Roman makes it easy to discuss and treat ED. A healthy life includes a healthy sex life, but if you struggle with erectile dysfunction, you may not feel like your best self. If you want help with ED, Roman connects you with a real U.S. licensed healthcare professional who can prescribe the medicine you need. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. Healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship you real medicine with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to talk about, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOn to get up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment, a free online visit, and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOn for up to $50 off your first month of ED treatment. GetRoman.com slash LockedOn. We'll be back to continue the show with a look at four more games from Week 6 NFL Sunday. All right, uh, let's uh, continue here with the show. A lot of uh, exciting uh, action here uh, going down. Our next game that we'll look at here is the Lions and uh, Jaguars. And uh, this one is an interesting uh, game for sure uh, with uh, the lopsided uh, production here. So let's look at it. Uh, 34-16, to 16, uh, the Lions didn't have to throw too much. We thought this would be a shootout. It was one-sided rather quickly. Matthew Stafford only 223-1. and one. That's because they had three rushing touchdowns. Great breakout game for DeAndre Swift. I've been waiting for it, calling it for it. He had to do it on his own merit because it looked like Adrian Peterson was the lead guy early. But the game script also fell into the favor of the Lions where they could run, and that's what they want to do. 39 rushes here, 180. 116 for Swift on 14, including two scores. Adrian Peterson got in the end zone early. He thought, here we go again with Adrian Peterson, 15 for 40 and a score. But Swift took over. He also uh, had three catches for seven. Peterson, one catch for 18. So both backs came through here. Kenny Galladay, four for 105. But we can officially end the fantasy relevance of Marvin Jones, folks. I mean, this is a matchup where we thought he would do anything. It's over. Two catches for eight yards here. Danny Emmett only had two catches for 31. So... A lot of Kenny Galladay, a lot more running. The game script didn't play into place. At least T.J. Hawkinson with the two catches for uh, 17 yards got in the end zone here. But Lions, a big development here. Swift uh, getting more and more work, and he definitely deserves more after what he did. I mean, Adrian Peterson averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Swift, 8.3, including a 54-yard run. I mean, you have to be morons now if you don't uh, go ahead and, you know, 
The Lions are questionable with the offensive staff, but at least they recognize Swift was the better back here and fed him, and he really can break out here in the second half of the season. Now let's look at the Jaguars. It was ugly for Gardner Minshew, 243-1. Keelan Cole, 6 for 143 on 9 targets. So he goes off here. DJ Chark quiet, 7 for 45 with 14 targets. Certainly he played through the ankle injury. He was valiant, but maybe he shouldn't have. LaVisca Cheneau was very quiet. Three catches for 10 yards on seven targets here. So uh, so Keelan Cole, again, hard to read from week to week. He does score quite a bit, get involved. Chark's uh, limitations certainly were in fact with only catching half of his targets. That really hurt Cheneau. And uh, really, Gardner Minshew hurt everyone. He just wasn't playing all that well. He had a lot of opportunities, only 25-44 here. So... High volume, should have had some garbage points. It didn't happen. Sometimes that happens this way. At least James Robinson, if you had him, they gave him touches even in the blowout late. So he ends up with 16 touches, 53 yards. Not great, but four catches and a touchdown here. So James Robinson doesn't seem to be affected by the game script whatsoever, the way Minshew is playing. He's going to get it done more weeks than not uh, with some uh, touchdown potential in this offense and getting used in the passing game as well. The next game we look at here is the uh, Texans and Titans. This one was insane for the Titans. I mean, what can you say? Derrick Henry, good. 22, carries 212 yards, two TDs. Texans run defense, terrible. Anthony Ferks, a random big game. Eight catches, 113 yards, and a TD. Bad because that meant Johnny Smith was only one for 13. So this Titans uh, passing game suddenly involving too many people. Too many people are involved here. Ten people were targeted in the passing game by Ryan Tannehill, but he doesn't care because he went through 30 for 41, 364 and 4, and an interception as well. But Ferks are not going to rush to pick him up. Jonu is still the guy I want here in this core. And then Adam Humphreys, second on the receiving core, 6 for 64 and a TD, stretching down the field. So a little bit product of this matchup for Ferks and Humphreys. Not buying that, but at least A.J. Brown came through. Five for 56 and two scores for him. Derrick Henry added 52 receiving yards as well. What a dis- monstrous game here. 24 touches, 264 and two. You can't ask for anything better than that. So remember, there's a symbiotic relationship for the Titans. If Derrick Henry is legitimately running and he's a big threat here and can reel off 94-yard touchdowns, that's only going to make Tannehill stronger. So again, they're related. If Henry gets shut down, Tannehill gets shut down, and uh, vice versa as well here. And uh, we saw this uh, production to really go off at the highest level against a really overmatched Texans defense. Now, on the other side of things, uh, Deshaun Watson, he looks really good, liberated here from Bill O'Brien for the second straight week. Has even a bigger game, 335-4. and four. He's back as a QB1, folks. No more benching with him. Four for 26 on the ground, so decent uh, supplemental production there. David Johnson looked better as well, 19 carries for 57. They also ca- caught a ball for 12 and a touchdown here, so solid game for David Johnson. Another great game for Will Fuller, 6 for 123 on 11 targets and a score. 6 for 85 for Darren Fells and a touchdown on 7 targets, so Fells really taking over when Jordan Akins doesn't play, and we see that uh, there's definitely a lot of tight end potential. When it's a committee, it's a little less trusting, but Fells and the tight end certainly are the third option here. And Brandon Cooks keeps it going as well. Caught all nine targets for 68 yards and a touchdown. So Fuller and Cooks are look like every week plays. Fuller as a wide receiver one. Cooks as a high-end wide receiver three. 
And the fells, uh, whoever's in there as the main tight end, look like they're going to produce. So that's how this offense is funneling. A lot of Johnson. So you've got to love it uh, without uh, the Bill O'Brien, Tim Kelly, and this offense really calling the shots well here with Watson. And, uh, again, Texans lose this game 42-36. But for fantasy purposes, they're totally back here for what we need. The next game we'll talk about here is the Washington football team and uh, the Giants. And uh, we can go over this one briefly here. Daniel Jones still not starting him in a good game. 74 yards rushing. He was a leading rusher for his team, but only 112 yards passing. Touchdown interception. The touchdown at least went to Darius Slayton. He only had two catches and four targets. Uh, had a bit of an ankle issue after the catch, but still comes through here. Derek In- or Evan Ingram, uh, very quiet here. Two catches for 30. But again, the Giants played a very ugly game. Jones and Devonta Freeman rushed uh, combined to help them get 135 yards rushing in this game. So they were in control. They kind of grinded with their defense here. Washington uh, had some moments here with uh, Kyle Allen. He looked rather good at times. 280 and 2 for Kyle Allen. But. Terry McLaurin, 7 for 74. The touchdowns went to Logan Thomas and Cam Sims. So, interesting uh, distribution there. But Thomas, maybe having a little bit better chemistry with Allen, who uh, trusts the tight end a little bit more. McLaurin, pretty solid. uh, But James Bradbury on the other side, I think that's the best you can ask for, getting those 12 targets. But Allen was intercepted going Bradbury's direction. He also lost a fumble that turned into a Giants touchdown there. So, still having some turnover issues, even with the change from Dwayne Haskins. To Kyle Allen with their pass protection. He was sacked three times in this game. This is a concern in the backfield. J.D. McKissick had uh, 14 touches for 84 yards. While uh, Antonio Gibson only uh, 13 touches for 55 yards. So they're using McKissick a lot more. Almost interchangeably with Gibson. And now they're both not getting in the end zone. So a little concerning there. If you were rolling with Gibson. And you're wondering where did McKissick come from. Well. Got healthy, they wanted to change a pace, another playmaker in this passing game, and that's uh, kind of what has happened here. So Gibson, you can't totally trust with the presence of McKissick. He kills his value. McLaurin, you're still going with him. Logan Thomas has a little bit more relevance now. The next game we'll talk about here is the Ravens and Eagles. And uh, the Eagles uh, almost uh, tie this one, but they can't. And they lose 30-28 to as the failed two-point conversion stop them from doing so. Not a great day overall for the Ravens. Uh, they, Lamar Jackson still got it done with 108 yards rushing and a touchdown to lead the team. 186 passing and a touchdown, but unfortunately, touchdown went to uh, Nick Boyle, 3 for 33. Mark Andrews only 2 for 21 on four targets in a great matchup against the Steelers linebackers. Had some safety issues, didn't help at all. Marquise Brown should have done better, 4 for 57 but this offense is a little bit of uh, spreading the ball around again. Devin DuVernay is being involved for big plays. Willie Sneed. The backfield is a mess here. Mark Ingram got hurt here with an ankle injury. Six, five for 20 here. Uh, Gus Edwards got the one touchdown. But he was only 14 for 26. It's just the Ravens are really struggling to run the ball this season. It's definitely evident here just traditionally. They need a lot of Lamar Jackson to kind of pad their stats there. But J.K. Dobbins did look the best at times. Uh, but... Only nine carries for 28 to lead the team. So really a bad committee at this point. If it was a committee where they were going to rush for 100 yards every week, uh, 150, somewhere in there, and the backs were doing it more than Jackson, you might trust them. But we'll see after this bye week. The bye week comes a little early for the Ravens of uh, what we're going to get here. Uh, 
out of its backfield? Will Ingram heal up? Will they give Dobbins more opportunities? They have to reassess something in their offense because these scores are bigger but a little inflated by some defensive work here to uh, help their offense in Jackson's running. So something they've examined. The Eagles, it was brutal. 213-2 for Wentz. He also had 49 rushing and a touchdown. So actually a pretty good fantasy day for Wentz that he has some relevance here. Travis Fulgham, the beat goes on for Travis Fulgham. Six catches, 75 yards on 10 targets. He's clearly the go-to guy with a touchdown. John Hightower, the rookie from Boise State, got involved with the long 50-yard catch. But Zach Ertz, 4 for 33 on 10 targets. He also suffered an ankle injury in this game. It's over for Zach Ertz. I don't see this getting much better. I mean, this is every opportunity. The wide receivers are hurting here. No Deshaun Jackson, no Alshon Jeffrey, no Jalen Rieger. But still, Wentz is trusting Fulgham, Hightower, Richard Rodgers at the other tight end without Dallas Goddard. So... Then Zach Ertz, ankle injury, maybe he's slowing down and wearing down, and we'll see, he might have to miss time with that ailment as well. So I wouldn't think that he's going to be ready for the Giants game this week. Miles Sanders, another big game based on long run. He had a 75-yard run last week against the Steelers. He has a 74-1 this week, uh, but suffered an injury in this game as well to his knee. Nine carries, 118. This is a typical Miles Sanders type of uh, line, I guess, but... Didn't get in the end zone at all uh, before he departed, so had a one reception for minus six. We'll have to see how it's distributed here. We see a bit of Jalen Hurts there running. Uh, Boston Scott, do they totally trust him? Do you see a lot of uh, Corey Clement in the mix? So this backfield uh, looks like it could be a piecemeal committee against the Giants this week. Uh, Wentz, by the way, sacked six times in this one. So yeah, Sanders... Injury is definitely a concern. We don't know exactly how they're going to replace him, and it could be a little bit frustrating there. And Ertz certainly moved on. And Travis Fulgham at this point needs to be owned in every league. I know Jackson and Jeffrey and Rieger can come back at some point, but there's some established things here. So Fulgham's the new Greg Ward. Greg Ward is the old nobody at this point for the Eagles. The next game that we'll uh, talk about here before we uh, take our Second break here, the Falcons and the Vikings, uh, and uh, good stuff here all around for fantasy. It wasn't great for the Vikings. They lose 40-23. There was one exception here. Let's start with the Falcons, who uh, come out firing. Julio Jones got off the injury report in a big way here. Exploited the secondary. Eight catches, 137-2 and two on 10 targets. Julio Jones, welcome back. He helped Calvin Ridley. Look at this. I mean, the trickle down is amazing when Julio Jones is back in the lineup. Six for 61 and a touchdown, plus an eight-yard rushing for Calvin Ridley on seven targets. Hayden Hurst, four catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown, a late touchdown there on caught all of his targets. So look at this. Jones opened things up for Ridley. Hurst, Russell Gage, four for 65. So Julio is so critical to everything the Falcons do, and that's what we learned here the past few weeks. We know he's a special player, but he helps Matt Ryan and the confidence opens things up elsewhere. 363 and 4 for Matt Ryan. This is the Matt Ryan we were looking for after the last uh, couple weeks of clunkers here. And uh, this is what we wanted from the Falcons. Be aggressive, throwing the ball. Todd Gurley, frustrating afternoon for him. 23 for 67. He thought the game script would go there, but what the Falcons were doing were saying, look, we're winning with the passing game. We can keep pouring on the points. This is where we want to attack the Vikings defense. They kept doing that. That's why they didn't blow this massive lead. Look at this perfection here. Uh, symmetry, symmetry, I should say. Uh, 10 points in every single quarter for the Falcons. What a game. So 
everyone came through here except for Gurley for the Falcons. And uh, again, uh, you have to appreciate uh, what Jones means. And thankfully, he was back here after a couple lost games. Now, Kirk Cousins got it done, not the way we wanted, but 343-3. and three. He also had three interceptions in this game. So not great for reality. It cost him the game, lose by 17. Hurt Alexander Madison a lot because he threw the interception on the first snap there for the Vikings on offense. And that was it. The Falcons kind of went running and got on the board first. The game script really went against Madison in this game, trying to fill in for Dalvin Cook. And they didn't involve him as much as needed in the passing game either. As uh, There was plenty to be had between Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith, and Adam Thielen. Justin Jefferson goes 9 for 166 on 11 targets, scores twice. Massive game for him. Thielen, Adam Thielen still comes through 3 for 51 and a touchdown at 5. And you look at Irv Smith, definitely being more involved as that third target here. Kyle Rudolph was involved here as well. But 4 for 55 on 5 targets for Smith. He did have 2-point conversion to help his uh, numbers there. And Rudolph, 3 for 47 on 4 targets. So this is what we expected more using the uh, 12 personnel, using a lot of Jefferson Thielen there with uh, away from uh, using Jefferson in the slot. As these two guys will be outside, you have Smith and Rudolph on the inside. This is how the passing game was going to go for the Vikings, and it's finally arrived here totally. So it's not always going to be pass-happy for the Vikings. We know it. They're not always going to be blown out, but their defense is pretty bad. That's going to put them in positions here to maybe throw the ball more than they would like. So, again, wasn't pretty for Cousins, but he gets the job done there as needed with a lot of help from Jefferson Thielen and Smith and the game script. And sorry about Madison, but... That happens uh, in games like this when uh, teams make too many mistakes, dig their own hole, and cannot run the ball. All right, we still have a few more games to talk about here on the uh, Week 6 NFL Sunday schedule to break down for you. But first, got to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar ever. The improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. There are 18 amazing flavors, including uh, six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake and apple almond crisp that goes along with the 12 original flavors coconut almond raspberry german chocolate peanut butter banana bread mint brownie salted caramel double chocolate orange toffee almond coconut and peanut butter brownie all the bars that you get from built bar are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft easy to chew built bar is great for the health conscious guy you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat all the bars from built bar are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber great for anyone on a keto diet just take the flavor profile of their Coconut almond, 18 grams protein, 180 calories, 5 grams sugar, only 5 grams net carbs. And now there's a special deal for you. Uh, just go to BuiltBar.com and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's a 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All you have to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. We'll be right back here to uh, wrap up the show looking at uh, the final games here of Sunday and their results and their fancy takeaways. All right, let's uh, continue the show here and uh, close it a lot. We've gotten to so far, a little bit more to get to. The next game we'll talk about staying in the 1 p.m. window. We only had two 4 o'clock games this week. 23-16, the Bears beat the Panthers. Uh, Nick Foles, quiet game. We knew it was going to be rough, more running game oriented, but Gets it done actually with two touchdowns and one rushing, but throws for less than 200 yards. Here's the Bears defense had a big game. Five for 53, only for Allen Robinson. 
David Montgomery was a grind. We thought it was going to be a great matchup for him. The Panthers' run defense is weak, but he disappointed. 23 touches. He gets to 97 yards, grinds it out, but it could have been a much bigger game. It probably should have been here. But again, Bears, Panthers got mired in a defensive uh, kind of stalemate here. And uh, the Panthers quite couldn't uh, break through here offensively when they needed to. So Dave Montgomery, quite a bit disappointing, even though the production put him near 100 yards there. And uh, Robinson certainly uh, faded as uh, Foles didn't need to throw much with the defense playing well to win this game. And not much else to see there in the passing game. Uh, Cole Komet did score a touchdown, so Jimmy Graham now has some competition from the rookie for some targets there. Darnell Mooney, 3 for 36 on his five targets. Anthony Miller, he's safely safely and uh, feasibly off your uh, fancy football roster for good here. Anthony Miller, uh, for sure, is not a thing anymore. Now let's look at the uh, Panthers side of things. We knew Teddy Bridgewater might struggle against his blitz in this uh, secondary that he did. 216, two interceptions, 48 yards rushing. Mike Davis did salvage his day with a touchdown, but it was tough there. Only 20 touches for 55 yards, so... That was brutal. Robbie Anderson still came through in this uh, tough secondary matchup. Four for 77 on five targets. So Anderson gets it done every week. DJ Moore's second straight nice game for him with a team high 11 targets. So good sign there for Moore that they're getting him more involved. So five for 93 is pretty solid. Uh, we'll take it in a game where the Panthers only scored 16 points. But it's Christian McCaffrey coming back soon. This is maybe a game where he could have been a game changer against the Bears, but didn't happen. Davis did his best here, and uh, Moore and Anderson did as well. Bridgewater struggles. And the next game we'll talk about is the Jets-Dolphins. And this one, um, well, it was all Dolphins. It was 24-0 Dolphins in this one. The Jets get worse every week, it seems like. No Le'Veon Bell. They traded him on Tuesday to the Chiefs. He won't be playing until Week 7, by the way, for the Chiefs. But 166, an interception for Joe Flacco. They refused to let LaMichael Piron just go here. They included Ty Johnson, 3 for 42. Here in the mix, Frank Gore still the leading toucher here with 15 touches for that plodding 68 yards. So, Brashard Perryman returned and played here, and uh, certainly was a thing. 4 for 62, Jameson Crowder, 7 for 48 and 13 targets. So, Perryman, remember Joe Flacco and him have some history because uh, they were both on the Ravens. Perriman was a first-round pick there, so that might have helped. We'll see what happens if Sam Darnold returns. But really, other than Crowder, I just simply don't want any trust here. And that's in half and full-point PPR. So Perriman is someone we can't totally ignore because he's getting involved, but still nothing big enough where we want to pound the table and go get him in this uh, anemic Jets offense. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a solid game, 191-3, had two picks, which... Uh, Hurt kind of his limited yardage in this game, also only had four yards rushing. So his game wasn't as big as we thought in this one. And uh, Tua Tagovailoa actually got in some duty late, uh, completed his two attempts, first two in the NFL here, emotional moment for him. But very frustrating with the way things were distributed here. Adam Shaheen, three for 51 and a touchdown, three targets. Preston Williams at least found the end zone again. So he's had a few good games in a row to be in the mix here, but... Then Durham Smythe scores, the blocking tight end. So Mike Isecki, uh, Mike Isecki, zero catches, two targets. So bad game for Mike Isecki. Devontae Parker had a growing injury, only caught three of eight targets for 35 yards. So that's disappointing here. Uh, so, yeah, it was not great for uh, Park, Parker or Gisecki. Uh, William Salvage's day was other 
two catches for 18 yards. Other than that, so the other story here is Miles Gaskin. He is locked in here as a borderline RB1 with his usage. Not getting the touchdowns in this one. He could have. They were in the red zone so many times here. But when you look at it, 22 touches here for 126 yards. So Gaskin locked in. Good matchup. He's going to come through for you. He's the lead back. Matt Breida is just the secondary back here. And Jordan Howard is just an afterthought here for the Dolphins offense. The next game, as we go into the 425 marquee window, it wasn't much of a marquee here for the Packers. Uh, they get blitzed by the Buccaneers, 38-10. to Let's start with the Buccaneers here. Tom Brady, we thought he was going to come through. He did. Solid game. But he didn't have to do much here because the Bucs scored on a pick six. They had another play where uh, interception took it to near the goal line where Ronald Jones punched that in. Uh, so Jones won 13-2. Uh, and two at Brady won 66-2. So... They ran for 158 yards, total control of this game. The Packers uh, were dominated here uh, after the opening stage, uh, the first quarter when they led uh, 10-0, but it was all Bucks after that, scoring all 38 points the rest of the way. Hello, Rob Gronkowski. Back in the end zone, 5 for 78 and a touchdown here on his eight targets. Chris Godwin, 5 for 48. Mike Evans, 1 for 10. So, Bad game for Mike Evans, but we knew he could struggle a bit with Jair Alexander. They simply didn't throw to him. Only two targets there. Godwin made five catches on seven targets, so made the most of those uh, guys. Uh, Tyler Johnson, unfortunately, caught the short touchdown instead of Evans here on his uh, one catch. So, again, easy day at the office for the Buccaneers. Uh, offensively, they didn't have to do too much. There's Their defense took care of business here. That hurt. We thought it was going to be a bit of a shootout. But when the game script goes this way, the running back usually dominates, and Jones... What can you say? He's been RB1. And no sign of Leonard Fournette. A little bit of LaShawn McCoy in the past game. Keyshawn Vaughn in the mop-up duty. So this is the Jones backfield. I mean, he clearly earns it. We have to stop doubting him. He's a lead back. They trust him. They're using him. He's doing the job. Go with Ronald Jones almost every week. Now with the Packers uh, here, when you look at it, uh, horrible game. 160 and two interceptions for Aaron Rodgers. This uh, Bucks team shut down the run. They really got after Rodgers as well. The game script didn't fall in his flavor. Uh, so so when you look at it, uh, Devontae Adams, six catches for 61 and 10 targets. That was a good game in relation to what was going on. Aaron Jones, only 13 touches for 41 yards, but he ends up with a touchdown. So it was frustrating because Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon had to play some mop up here. You even saw Tim Boyle late in the game and uh, Blaine Gabbard on the other side. So that's how bad it was. Just flush and forget about this game for the Packers. They'll rebound. Uh, they've got the Texans next week. So, yeah, it's going to be a get-well game for Rodgers, Adams, uh, Jones, everyone in this offense. Chance to make some big plays. And that one, the Bucks get the Raiders. So, more good uh, situation for Ronald Jones. Sunday night football, that's going to be great. Uh, so, good opportunity there for the Bucks skill players and Brady to go off in Vegas on Sunday night. So, don't read too much in this game. These offenses, the uh, Bucks will keep it up, and the re, re, uh, the Packers will rebound here going into uh, week seven. Finally, we'll talk about the Sunday night game. It was the Rams losing to the 49ers, 24-16. Rams, it was just a bad offensive day for them overall. Jimmy Garoppolo returns. He absolutely looked uh, very good. Uh, they made it easy for him, 268 and three touchdowns. Raheem Mostert was looking good for a while, but then he had the ankle injury pop up, so 
concerning there because uh, they used Jarek McKinnon a little bit, but they faded him, and uh, Raheem Mostert ended up with 19 touches for uh, 76 yards. But ankle injury is a concern. They are playing the Patriots, so we'll see if he can go. Uh, Jeff Wilson, by the way, was a scratch in this game with an injury that he popped up late in the week with. So Jamichael Hasty, the rookie from Baylor, had to be the power back that came in here. So we'll see. I don't know what you're going to get. Is Mustard going to be ready for that Patriots game? You have Hasty McKinnon. Is Wilson going to be back? Is Tevin Coleman in the mix? We have no idea. So we have to wait and see here with uh, Mustard and that injury here. George Kittle was George Kittle. He dominated this game. Ten targets, caught seven for 109 and a TD, including a fourth down uh, blitz where they went cover zero and he got wide open and ran 44 yards after the catch for a touchdown. So that was great to see. Debo Samuel was also great to see. Getting back in the end zone, six catches for 66 and a score, including a nice little uh, play there at the end to seal the game here for the 49ers, uh, like a flip pass from Garoppolo. Brandon Ayuk scores again as well from Garoppolo, two for 12 and a touchdown. So limited work there, but Kittle Samuel, this offense is back in a bit of a groove here with what they want to do with uh, Garoppolo back, and they really game-planned well to get the ball out quickly and then get the ball in their playmakers to not face the wrath of the Rams' pass rush. Now, on the other side of things, uh, Jared Goff just was off a little bit. He tends to have these games, what ended up with 198-2, so not awful, awful, but still not startable in fantasy here in 2020. Goff, 10 yards rushing. Daryl Henderson dominated the backfield. Cam Akers was active, but you wouldn't know it because he didn't play. 14 carries, 88 yards, so another strong game for Henderson there. Malcolm Brown uh, caught uh, three balls for 18, so that cut into Henderson's bigger potential, but... Uh, so, Henderson, solid, but you want a little bit more from him this week. Tyler Higby returned to relevance with catching three catches for 50 seconds and four targets. Robert Woods had 10 targets, but only caught four for 29 and TD. Cooper Cup was the real disappointment. We don't see Cup have games like this very often, especially in a good matchup in the slot. Three catches for 11 yards on nine targets. So, it's 49 secondary with Jason Barrett and Emmanuel Mosley started to play a little better. They contained things that weren't the running game this week so again the Rams left a lot on the table in this game there was a drop by Cup in the end zone they had an interception on a fourth down play in the end zone so Rams are just going to think about all the missed opportunities here but the 49ers kind of restoring some normalcy we'll have to see on Mostert but Henderson full speed ahead in the Rams backfield again it's really hard to trust uh, where you go with Higby or Everett uh, a tight end there a Cup and a Wood should rebound here going forward as well all right, so there you have it. There's a look at all the games from Week 6 NFL Sunday, breaking them down from a fantasy football perspective for you. Uh, we will uh, finally break down the two big games here to close the week, uh, Chiefs, Bills, and Cardinals-Cowboys. So big Monday night ahead. So I'm sure uh, you should have a lot of fantasy football matchups in the balance here with all those players involved from those uh, games. So good luck to you there to finish the week. Uh, don't forget, we'll come back here with Pickup Tuesday, break down those games and also uh, give you the waiver wire advice you need to know to uh, help improve your team going into Week 7. That's Tuesday show. Then don't forget, Matchup Wednesday, Matchup Thursday, where we break down all the games of the upcoming week in two parts. And then the lineup Friday, where we turn it all into a DFS analysis for uh, DraftKings and FanDuel, as well as giving the injury updates you need to know. So our progressive known as Lockdown Fantasy Football. This is how we start it, Roundup Monday every week. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Vinny Iyer. Now tell your smart speaker to play the most recent episode of Locked In on NFL. Have a great day. Good luck. See you tomorrow.